Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And we are starting the week on Tuesday this week. Shout out to all the people in the live that are here early to check us out. And also shout out all of you listening to this on Wednesday on your podcast feed. As always, I am Blake Meyer, and I am here with my man, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? Yeah, no, I'm do- doing all right here. It's a Tuesday night. I've got some injury updates. The Phillies are back in action after a uh, disappointing weekend. But yeah, happy to be back uh, talking some baseball, as always. Same. Uh, you know what? I want to start this out with a fun fact. Or not really a fun fact, just a little trivia thing before I completely forget. Okay, so... The Seattle Mariners uh, pitching staff has the second most F war in baseball. Uh, they have 16.4 F war on the season. One team in baseball has more war than them. Uh, pitching staff, I should say. Uh, it's like 16.9. What team is that? Oh, is it Texas? Nope. I'll give you one more guess. Uh, I want to say Atlanta, but that, that's just their bats. I don't. I don't... I'm trying to think of uh, I don't know, I don't know. The Philadelphia. I, I was I was about to say, <laughs> I, I saw some like pitching rotation power rankings that had the Phillies at the top. I was like, are the Phillies? Real? I, I mean, yeah, Wheeler, Wheeler, Nola hasn't been himself, but Nola's been good. Tyron Walker's been good. Ranger Suarez, Christopher Sanchez, now Michael Lorenzen, obviously. Yeah, we haven't had any real like you know. A few years ago, we had Kyle Gibson. He was awful. Mm-hmm. Matt Moore was awful. But yeah, there, we haven't had any real like. You know, oh, oh, God, no, this guy's starting. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, your starting rotation was like, don't quote me on this, but it was like sixth overall for your starting rotation. And I think your bullpen was like fifth. Well, the bullpen might have been killer, sixth yeah. again. Yeah. So, like, because I went and I was like, I went to check Fangrass this morning just to see, like, okay, how far ahead of everybody else is Seattle's uh, pitching staff? in terms of war. And I was like, they're second. And I was like, oh shit, they're second to the Phillies. I got to bring this up. Cause <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not a Phillies fan, obviously I, I, I follow the Phillies through you, yes. but I never in a million years, you could have gave me, you could have gave me 20 guesses. And I don't think I would ever guess the Phillies <laughs> and there's only 30 teams. So I thought that was pretty interesting. It seems Michael Lorenzen has made it quite the impact over there, which happens when you come out and you throw eight plus innings in your first two, two starts with the team. Uh, but speaking of guys that have made some crazy starts lately, Grayson Rodriguez has been killer. Uh, he just threw a seven inning, three hit, one run, one walk, six strikeout game, uh, the other day. And the dude was dealing, uh, for the game. His fastball had a 37% whiff rate. His slider had a 31% whiff rate. And then he has that disgusting changeup, which we talk about all the time. 25% whiff rate on the changeup. Just everything he was throwing was getting great swing and miss stuff. And he he threw a good mix of pitches, too. I think he threw his fastball only 40% of the time. 
So he's really getting his secondaries into the mix. And since he's been called up, Grayson Rodriguez has been great. He might be even better than great since he's been called up. Uh, this is the Grayson Rodriguez that I was hyping. You were hyping. Everybody was hyping coming into this season. This is the version of him that we wanted, that we wanted on opening day, that we wanted early in the season. And admittedly, he struggled. Uh, to say he struggled is an understatement, actually. At the beginning of the year, he was bad. I think he had an ERA of seven or something when he got sent down. But he worked on some things he needed to work on. He got his secondaries back under control. His fastball hit 101 miles an hour yesterday. So he's throwing gas. Do you think this is a sustainable version of Grayson Rodriguez? And how are you feeling about him moving forward? Uh, I think I think it is that the one thing that worries about worries me about Grayson Rodriguez is is his walk issues. He he's now had he had two walks in each of his first five starts back from from when he caught caught up. Only had one walk in San Diego on uh, on Monday there Monday night. But yeah, it, it's the walk issue since since returning, ignoring his first start, five innings, four earned against against the Dodgers. He has thirty and two thirds, eight earned runs for a two point three five ERA. Uh, 26, 26 strikeouts, nine walks, seventeen hits. So you do want to see more more consistency there out of you know control the zone as as the Mariners pitchers love to do there. But mm-hmm. yeah, he he's limiting the hits. He's allowed three hits or fewer in f- f- five of his last four four of his last five starts here. If I if I, if I can count properly, <laughs> and yeah, this is this is the reason I held on to him. I mean, I had an NA spot to stash him, but yeah, this is the reason why. He was going to come around at some point, and, and I'm mm-hmm. happy for him and happy for the Orioles that, that it turned out to be this season, and he was able to go down you know, for just just under two months, figure it out, and come back up and you know, help this team go towards that division crown. Yeah, and I mean, I got to give him props too because all of his starts since he's come back up have been against good teams. I mean, maybe not the Yankees. Yeah. I don't know how we feel about the Yankees. Yankees Twitter <laughs> seems to hate that team with a passion. But I mean, since being called back up, he's faced the Dodgers, the Rays, the Yankees at Toronto versus Houston and at San Diego. All are killer lineups. And he's been great. And the cherry on top of that is his next start is on Sunday against the Oakland Athletics, which should be a mm-hmm. very, very winnable game. So he lines up for another dominant start. Uh, and granted, it took quite a bit of games for him to start paying off. But Grayson Rodriguez was a guy that for a long time had an ADP above 200 in most leagues. And while the first half of the year, he lived up to that ADP for those that were lucky enough to pick him up when he got sent back down, or those of us that held him through being sent back down and have him now that traded for him. He's starting to pay off. He's starting to give you the return on your draft pick that you hoped for. And this is the perfect time for it because I think we're only three or four weeks in most cases away from the, it the depends on your playoffs. Type, doesn't it, Blake? It does. <laughs> and so uh, this is the time that you need these guys that were later round picks, waiver wire pickups and all that to really start paying off. And G-Rod is doing that. Yeah, I'm not necessarily as sold as you are on him yet. I do want to see another another two or three good ends. But yeah, you, you pointed out his starts came against the Dodgers, Tampa Bay, Yankees, Toronto, Houston, and San Diego. That's probably one of the toughest stretches he's going to have. And now, now, yeah, he has Oakland. And after that, he'll likely go against the Rockies at home. That's going to be an, an easy start. 
uh, probably that, that that Friday or Saturday. And then after that, he'll be at the Angels, at home against the Cardinals, at Houston. Yeah, this is this is when you want these pitchers to to really you know show what they got, and that's what Grayson Rodriguez is doing for those. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to uh, shout out. I don't see him here in the chat. My uh, my Austin Gomber f- fanboys in the chat are calling him out. Uh, his start <laughs> on the eleventh. Uh, I called him out. Eleventh. Uh, he was uh, yeah on Friday. Five innings, eight hits, two earned, one walk, two strikeouts against the Dodgers. Didn't get the win. Not a quality start, but you know, another start of two earned runs or fewer, which now makes uh, eight of his last nine starts having two earned runs or fewer available widely in many leagues. Um, I think I picked him up for t- today's start or tomorrow's start. He is at home against the Diamondbacks um, tomorrow. Yes, on Wednesday. So if you want to pick him up. Uh, Diamondbacks have been struggling. I think I saw they're like nine and twenty-six since the beginning of July. They've been Oof. falling off a cliff. So I would trust Gomber tomorrow just to uh, bring it back to last episode. Yeah, good call out. I, I was curious to see how that one was going to play out. There he is. There he goes. <laughs> hey, Steven. Yeah, I'm again, like when you're looking for streaming options, you're not you're not really gonna find elite starters for streaming options so you kind of just got to find the guys who are going to limit the earned runs give you okay ratios would have loved to see maybe two more strikeouts from gomber but that's not really his thing another inning get a quality start would have been nice for those leagues yes but uh but 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 yeah i mean i I wouldn't pick him up in in, you know some of my leagues 10 team league definitely not 18 league even 12 team league depending on on the format i wouldn't pick him up but you know he's rostered in nine percent of leagues so he, he should be available to stream every time through the order and you know Sometimes you have to go that deep. And um, speaking of going deep, sometimes you want to go deep. You want to see them in person with game time. Uh, you know, it's always tough to get those tickets to those last minute games. You know, you're trying to, you're, you're looking at the apps. You're too much. It's too much. You're, 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 you're monitoring it as game time comes closer. But buying tickets to your favorite events should not, should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With clear deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll, you'll have. You know, uh, Lionel Messi is just down in Chester here playing against the Philadelphia Union. That was that was a big ticket on the secondary market. Game Time could help you out there. Game Time app experience is really easy. They got flash deals, last-minute tickets. They show you the seat view, views. You don't have to worry about, you know, am I, the Philadelphia Union Stadium is, is beautiful. One of the side you can see the bridge, one side you can't, so you can see to the view and whatnot. So yeah, if you if you're thinking about oh, should I go to the game? Check out check out the game time app. It's uh the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning a month in advance. They have d- deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Uh, and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat, as I said, so you know exactly what to expect. Buy tickets in just seconds, two taps, and you're set. So make sure you snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute's tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so I know we talked about G-Rod. Been dying to talk about him. Uh, another picture that we need to talk about, uh, if you're listening to this live, it may be news to you. If you're listening to this on the podcast feed, maybe you already heard it. Marcus Stroman was supposed 
supposed to be activated from the injured list by the Chicago Cubs and make the start for the team on Wednesday. That is not happening. He's experiencing rib discomfort, and so they are delaying him being called back up, which is not a good sign for Marcus Stroman. He started out the year so good. Uh, he was a few people's uh, young favorites, just playing absolutely lights out. But in his last seven starts before the injury, he was one in four. He gave up 30 earned runs and 34 runs in his last 30 innings pitched. Good for a nine ERA, which was not good. Uh, in fact, he had one game where he pitched six innings, gave up one run. Every other game was three or more runs, including six and seven in his last two starts that only went three innings. I know there's a lot of people still holding on to Stroman, and I know these are weird talks to have because it is just kind of the middle of August, but it is the middle of August now. Was Stroman experiencing a setback and also just not being good at all in his last seven starts before the injury? Does he start to become somebody you would consider dropping at this point of the season? Yeah, I think if your IL is filled up or you don't have any IL spots, you know he has rostered eighty five percent of leagues. He will probably be worth playing d- down the stretch. But I could also see, you know, the Cubs are kind of falling out of it. They're one game back of a wild card spot, but there's a bunch of teams in the mix. They're three and a half back of the division. But if they uh, if they continue, you know, they had that hot stretch before the trade deadline. I don't think they can sustain it. I could see the situation where they just end up, you know, shutting them down. He had he was out with a hip issue. He has right rib discomfort. You know that's it could be an oblique, could be anything there. It could be something that is you know he was favoring his hip, so it caused this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I if you have an IL spot or if there is really or if you're sitting pretty in a playoff spot, probably don't drop him just because he might be able to come back and help you. You know maybe he, maybe he comes out and, and starts Thursday or Friday instead of Wednesday, and, and this is this is really. Um, Pointless conversation, but but yeah, I would hold on to him for now. See what the next few days bring. Maybe try to see if you can trade him. But yeah, it, it is it is worrisome. His last two starts before going on last three starts against the Cardinals, White Sox, and Reds. Uh, I mean, the Reds are good, but besides that, not really good lineups. Kind of beat him up there pretty good. So yeah, Stroman is uh, definitely uh, on the trending downward. I would say. Uh yeah, I'm I'm on team. I mean, I was on team Christian Javier being probably droppable if he can't <laughs> yeah. get his shit together. He starts today, so by the time you hear this, he will have started. I still own Christian Javier in every league that I'm in, so, you know, I'm hoping he has one hell of a game, but I'm going to be honest. If he gets shelled today, I'm going to really consider looking for somebody else because my like my home leagues, for example, have four weeks until the playoffs. One, I am I'm in. I have a, a playoff spot locked up. The other home league, I'm fighting for the final playoff spot, and I can't afford to be th- rolling a pitcher out there that's giving up four, five, six runs every game, walking three, four, five batters every game. I can't afford to have that. So, Marcus Stroman is also in that category. Um, if it is just a small setback and he's back like Friday, I, I'd probably keep him and just see how it goes. But if it's any longer than the end of the week i could if i'm reaching the the beginning of next week especially in like a weekly league and he's still on the il he definitely becomes a droppable starting pitcher at that point yeah and just before we uh hopped on here you saw something on facebook that kind of started us of mike trout some someone was like oh mike trout's probably done for the year but no mike Mike trout he's progressing well he he, there's no timetable for, for his return return yet but 
he's not somebody that's going to shut it down, even if the Angels are out of playoff contention, which it's looking more and more likely for them, unfortunately. They're two games under 500 and seven games back of a wild card, but they weren't in contention last year. And Trout came back from a, a back issue and was fantastic in September. So Mike Trout is definitely someone worth holding on to. And if you're like in first or second and you want to load up for the playoffs, take a look at trading for mm-hmm. Trout. Someone might be uh, getting you know a little bit fed up of waiting for him. They might need a push towards the playoffs to see if you can give them, you know, someone to help them now. And then you hopefully can get him back in September. Yeah. And speaking of Mike, try to the angels, that was like the perfect transition. I don't know if that was intentional. Uh, somebody else that I think we need to discuss Logan. Ohap, Ohapi, Ohap, Ohapi. Yes. For the Los Angeles angels has been out after playing only 19 games at the beginning of the season, he's been out for quite some time with an injury. Uh, he is set to start a rehab assignment at triple a, which means he could be nearing a return at some point. And I'm going to be honest. He's somebody that I was on before the season. Um, one of my, my favorite things that I did, I like to keep track of guys that I highlight and like that. I like, and don't like at different points of the year, just to kind of keep track of how I'm doing. Uh, I was on the TGFBI. Um, what was it? Uh, podcast streamathon yes. thing on the panel there. And I highlighted Logan O'Hoppy as a catcher that everybody should be drafting late in drafts. And granted at the beginning of the year, it worked really well. Uh, in those 19 games, it's uh stat cast data is your thing. He had a 93 mile an hour average exit velocity, a barrel rate just shy of 13%. And he hit 283 with four home runs in those 19 games. So he had a good start. And if he comes back, that Angels lineup can't win a game to save their lives, but the offensively they're good. And so he he should be getting plenty of at bats with people on base in front of him and plenty of at bats with people behind him in the order that can hit him in should he continue to get on base. Now he was kind of overachieving his expected stats a bit. I think his expected batting average was about 250, which is still good, but it's 30, like 35 percent. 35 points lower than what his normal batting average was. He doesn't walk a ton. He's striking out about 26% of the time. So there's some things to like and not like, but oh, happy coming back could be big because he was, uh, let's be honest. He was dropped in every league when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Nobody was putting Logan O'Hoppy on there on their IL. So I think he is again, somebody that should be targeted as a waiver wire pickup at this point. He'll likely be in my waiver wire article for fantasy pros this coming Saturday. Because I think he is a good name to key in on, but catcher has been very deep. Uh, would you take a flyer on Ohapi? Should he come up? Say, I, I didn't see how long he was going to be on a rehab assignment, but let's say he comes back like September second. Are you still taking a flyer on him? It looks like he started his rehab already last Tuesday at Single A. He's um he went six for nineteen in six games, uh, three doubles, no home runs. Five strikeouts there, and now he's moving up to AAA, so he should be ready to return. He was expected to need two to three weeks before he's ready to return to the big league club. So, yeah, he should be back, I would say, maybe this weekend, early next week. Yeah, yeah 10% rostered, 10% rostered in Yahoo. You know, at the start of the season, he had hits in all but two of his, three of his first uh, 16 games there. He was on pace for 40 home runs and 130 RBIs, also on pace for 150 strikeouts, but... Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be in that in that lineup. Another bat, you know. Maybe maybe he gets back. Maybe Trout gets back, and they're able to you know put some offense together. They have they have the bats. They went out. They got they got Gritchick, They got CJ Cron. But 
yeah, it's um, oh, oh, Hoppy, I would definitely look to pick up if I don't have a, a consistent catcher in there. Do we want to do the second ad or do we want to right, yeah. roll out? I would also look to join the SGPN Patreon uh, and fight corporate gambling. Uh, SGPN Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests just for the patrons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling and do your part and sign up today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, so uh, another injury to update on. Ozzy Albies did go down with a hamstring injury. That sucks. Second base is a bit slim, and he had been killing it. 28 home runs, 90 RBI on the year. That is a tough person to lose. But we get the return of Vaughn Grissom, who, again, before the season, I was very high on Vaughn Grissom. I had him very highly ranked in my draft day numbers, and then he didn't even start the year with the big league club, which was wild was not expecting that he has played 19 games with the big league club this year though uh he had seven rbi he hit 277 couple doubles but no other extra base hits uh he's now i think he's gonna slot in every day into the lineup but i'm not positive because nicky lopez can also play middle infield and that dude has been a firecracker since going over to the braves so grissom's expectations should maybe be tempered. Uh, I think Nicky Lopez is hitting like 717 with the brace, which is <laughs> yeah. wild. Um, but yeah, Von Grissom is back. Uh, do with that information as you wish. I do think there's a little bit of value there just because everything Atlanta touches seems to turn to gold. That whole team has been incredible this year. Uh, Orlando Arcia is the prime example. Uh, he's been like a post, 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 post hype breakout. Um, he was somebody that couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag. And now, and now he's, now he's pretty fucking good. And yeah, Grissom's back. I, I do think there is value there. He is somebody that came up, hit five home runs, stole five bases in a limited amount of time last year. Uh, I think he hit right around 300. He has a good hit tool. Doesn't have the most power or the most speed, but over the course of a year, he's like a 15 home run, 15 stolen base hit 280 kind of guy. And I think that's something that plays uh, even if it is the middle of August. Yeah, and he's been, Ron Grissom has been killing it at, at uh, AAA in August. He is hitting uh, 16 for 41 in 11 games. It's hitting 390. Two home runs, six doubles in July. He had two home runs, 13 RBIs, hit 333. OPS of 1.2 this month, by the way. Uh, OPS Ooh. of 920 last month in July. So, yeah, Grissom. I was high on him before the season. I think I even drafted him in, in my main league um, in the – no, I picked him up after the draft. But, yeah, he's second base shortstop eligible. Second base is tough with Ozzy Albies out. I, I was looking at it, a few second base options earlier today. So, yeah, I, I, I want to see if he gets in the lineup. I, he's definitely better than Nicky Lopez. I think this is a hot streak he's riding. But, yeah, he's um, – he, he has some power. He has a little bit of speed. He's going to be in that Braves lineup that even if he's hitting ninth, that Braves lineup turns over four or five times in a game. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll get his at-bats. He'll get his run-scoring opportunities. So yeah, I think in 12-team or deeper leagues, I would definitely be looking to pick up Grissom. Uh, interesting fact about Nicky Lopez. In 2021, he had six war, which is six wars. absurd. 
in one season, Nicky Lopez, six war. So I, I don't know how good or bad Nicky Lopez is. All I know is he's fucking fun. Um, uh, Steven said, Vaughn Grissom or Trevor Story rest of the season? I'm going Trevor Story on that one. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up with Trevor Story, but I know he just went four for four. He's hitting fourth tonight in Washington. Boston's making a playoff push. I think Story is going to be probably the, the guy there for, for me. Okay, and then uh, somebody else to touch on. It's not really anything too crazy. We don't need to really dive that deep into it. Uh, Colton Kowser for Baltimore got optioned back to mm-hmm. AAA. If you were still rostering him, sent down to AAA. He he needs some work. He, again, he's a good prospect. He's still going to be a, a highly rated prospect. He just needs to be a little more refined down in the minor leagues before he does get called up, which likely won't happen this year i mean when rosters expand they may call him back up that i think he's probably just going to be a run it back in 2024 guy and see how that goes but kind of the talk of baseball or should be the talk of the baseball world but isn't getting as much attention as he should matt olson is on pace to hit 60 home runs this year uh i don't have any shares of matt olson regrettably Coming into this year, I think I had Matt Olson as my, uh, I think he was my fifth ranked first baseman coming into this year. I didn't draft him because I thought first base was a position you could wait on, which it kind of was. Like guys like Christian Walker have been really good this year, and I had him down the 11, 12 range. But nobody knew Matt Olson was going to come out and hit 60 home runs. I think he has 43 on the year so far. Over 100 RBI already. He likes to strike out. He's not going to hit for a crazy average. I think he's hitting about 255 or 260. But 276 just, even. Oh, there we go. That's, that's higher than I thought, too. That's way higher than I thought. But again, he bats in that Atlanta Braves lineup. We just talked about Von Grissom, that everything they touch turns to gold. He's shown crazy power before. And I think this is just one of those magical years where him, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Sean Murphy, all these guys are just going to have insane seasons all at the same time. And I got to ask the question, do you think he can hit 60? Do you think he gets there? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. It's just so rare, and I don't see Major League Baseball juicing the balls for him like they did for someone playing playing in New York. But yeah, I, I have I have two shares of mine. Also, I traded for him in my keeper league, and he dropped to me at round five, pick fifty in my in my Ooh. main twelve team league. Uh, I thought that he was picked behind Michael Harris, picked behind Ozzy Albies, picked behind. Also, it was always kind of like Austin Riley versus Matt Olson for me, and Riley mm-hmm. got taken in the. Uh, I took Riley in the second round, and then Olson followed me in the fifth round. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take Olson in the fifth round. He's completely paid off. I mean, he's. He's given Acuna a run for the money for the, the MVP there. I think mm-hmm. if he gets 55, 60 home runs, he, he might steal even more of the votes. But yeah, Olsen's just been absolutely killing it. The Braves have, have been killing it. And I'm excited to see how they mess this up and don't win the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> That's the Phillies fan in you. Yeah. Uh, Matt Olsen's baseball savant page. He is in the 100th percentile in average exit velocity. 100th percentile in max exit velocity, 100th percentile in hard hit rate, 97th in XWOBA, 98th in expected slugging, 98th in barrel rate, and 97th in walk rate. He is doing all of this while walking 15% of the time. His average exit velocity is 95 miles an hour. We are halfway through August. 
and he has a season long average exit velocity of 95 miles an hour. His barrel rates like 19%. He's making amazing decisions at the plate. He's realized that everybody now is kind of starting to pitch around him quite a bit. And he's literally just waiting for his pit. which it sounds so remedial. It sounds like something that you should just be doing and everybody should just know what to do, but that's not what major league baseball players do. Everybody wants to make a play. Everybody wants to hit the home run. He's literally just standing up there at the plate and just saying, okay, I'm sitting on a curveball. When you throw me a curveball, I'm going to swing. If you throw me anything else, I'm not going to swing. And it works because nobody's throwing him fastballs over the plate. They're just not because anything you give him, he just hits it out of the park. He's a 291 batting average and 632 slugging percentage against fastballs. Uh, against breaking pitches, he's hit 14 dingers this year, which is the second most behind the fastball. So he's just hanging out. Dude is a tank. He's hitting tanks. He's hitting dingers to all fields. And as much as it's not uh, Aaron Judge versus Shohei Otani of 2022, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson is turning into its own version of Shohei Otani versus Aaron Judge of 2022. They're both having seasons that are an MVP season. Who knows who will get it? Uh, I want to see if Matt Olson can get to 150 RBI. That would be a fun one. I feel like we haven't seen enough of that these days. Back in the day, everybody used to do that shit. I think Griffey hit like 160 RBIs in a season, which was wild. But yeah, Matt Olson, good player. I think he hits 60 home runs just because I feel like it's just one of those years for for Atlanta. I think Acuna gets to 35 home runs and 70 stolen bases, and I think I think Matt Olson hits 60 dingers. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing is, you can't pitch around him. I mean, he, he's batted yep. second or fourth primarily. I don't know why they don't bat him second more often, but having him clean up is, is where he's done. Most of his damage, 22 home runs in, in 44 games. The guys ahead of him get on base. The guys behind them can hit well enough as well. So it's not an Otani situation where they're going to intentionally walk him. Maybe they mm-hmm. do if he if he gets to 50, 55 home runs and they pitch around him. But, yeah, Olsen's just been absolutely killing it this year. And I don't think really anyone saw this season coming. Okay, the last thing I have for you, I told you in our little pre-show chit chat uh mm-hmm. i have some i have some ellie de la cruz numbers for you uh because there has been a little interesting development with ellie uh one thing that everybody said about ellie was he'll never hit the amount of home runs that a lot of people said he had the potential to hit because he doesn't get any lift on the ball and all he hits is ground balls which granted up until july 22nd he had a 57.7% ground ball rate and just a 14% fly ball rate. He also had a barrel rate below 4% to start the year. And his launch angle was only two degrees, which is ridiculous. It worked for him because he's so fast. He's the fastest man in baseball, and it's not even there's not even a close second. Corbin Carroll's fast, but he's his sprint speeds mm-hmm. are nowhere near what Ellie's are at. Uh, and so even with that high ground ball rate, he was still batting 274. Now, in his last 19 games, Ellie De La Cruz is hitting 244, but he has six home runs, scored 13 runs. His barrel rate is up to 17%, and his uh, launch angle jumped to almost 12 degrees, which means his ground ball rate has dropped to 34.8%, which is what we look for. 
that's an okay ground ball rate. His fly ball rate has jumped to 37%. His line drive rate has stayed the same. So he's literally just turned about 20% of his ground balls into fly balls. And the power is there. But the caveat is the contact has gone down now. <laughs> In those last 19 games, he's striking out 40% of the time. And he has a 70% contact rate. I, I don't know how to feel about Ellie. I know the numbers are huge and they're going to continue to be huge. But he seems to have fixed the I hit too many ground balls uh, problem and now turned it into I swing and miss at too many pitches problem. <laughs> Are you intrigued by the the launch angle upgrade and the new power or does that swing and miss worry you? The, the swing and miss does worry me because looking over those past 19 games, he has uh, 35 strikeouts, which is on pace for your drinker right now. So you might spit this out. 298 strikeouts over a, a full season. <laughs> but he's also on pace for 51 home runs and 85 RBIs. Uh, his OPS has gone up from 757 to 776. So the power is helping out there. I, I think it's just a matter of him putting both of those pieces together. You know, the, the contact, he has the speed to, you know, turn singles into doubles to beat out just routine ground balls to the left side. He has the raw power. It's just putting it all together. And I think if anything, this is just exciting to see that he does have that power. He does have that swing. You know, maybe if he leans into that a bit too much and, and doesn't get the contact, we'll, we'll see him, him, uh, that take a hit over the next, next few weeks. But yeah, it, it's tough because over the, the, those past 19 games, he's only had multiple hits, uh in four games three of them three mm -hmm. of them were in the past uh his past four games two for five two for five two for five again but yeah I, you just want to see more consistency you, you like i would rather have him him bat his early lit, mid to late june to all-star break from uh june 17th to the all-star break he, he was he was great so mm -hmm. if he can kind of mishmash those together he has the tools he has the skill he has the talent it's just a matter of putting it all together and i I think he can do it, but I also wonder if he's going to be somebody that's more electric on the field than on your fantasy baseball roster. He's still going to be great. He's going to be one of like a top mm -hmm. three, four, five round pick, but he may not be like, oh, Elliot Cruz is going to be a top five pick. But then again, he's 21 years old. He'll be entering his 822 season next year. So it is exciting to see uh, on the whole. Yeah, I think I saw something. Uh, he is the fastest player it's it's him and Barry Bonds are the two fastest players to uh, 10 home runs and 15 stolen bases in their career in, since 1900. So he's still doing good things. I genuinely think this is just a, an overcorrection issue. Uh, I think the ground ball rate was probably something that the team pointed out to him like, hey, we really need you to kind of work on that a little bit. Uh, and so he overcorrected and now he's trying to just hit everything up, which is working. The, seeing that fly ball rate go up is is nice. He's pulling the ball more, which is nice. Um, I it just needs to level out, which I think will happen again. Like you said, he's he's just twenty one years old. He's a kid. He has a lot of baseball ahead of him. He has a lot of time to fix these mistakes. And the Cincinnati Reds seem to have a good coaching staff. Uh, they'll they'll get him in the right spot. Now, how long it takes for that to happen will yet to be seen. Um, I know if you want to use that like O'Neill Cruz as an example, that it's crazy how good of an example they seem to be for each other. O'Neill Cruz was the same way last year. 
and then he kicked it into gear in September, and he had an insane September. That could be the very same thing for Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie went from uh, 17 stolen bases uh, all the way up to that last 19 games. He's only stole one base in his last 19 games, which is kind of odd. But he went from the speed guy with not a ton of power to a guy with a ton of power and not a ton of speed. So in September, if he can just find a mix of both and end up hitting about 260, Ellie becomes scary. And also... Yeah, it- yeah, yeah, go ahead. His first half numbers, four home runs, 16 RBIs, uh, hit 325, OPS of 887. Second half, six home runs, 10 RBIs, hitting 195 with an OPS of 652. Uh, 50 strikeouts in the second half as opposed to 39 in the first half. About the same amount at bats. So that, that that's just showing the – and in the first half, his, his BABIP was 441. And in the second half, it's only 281. So you're seeing those those fly ball mm-hmm. outs with pop-ups that, and just not making contact. Yeah. Uh, And I think I still I want to reiterate the fact that a lot of this is coming because Ellie is still sticking with uh, being a switch hitter. I'm just going to stick with the narrative. I don't think Ellie De La Cruz should be a switch hitter. I think he should just be a lefty. I get the intrigue of being a switch hitter, but on the season, he has a 42 percent strikeout rate as a righty and he has a 32 percent strikeout rate as a lefty. He hasn't walked a single time as a right-handed batter this year against a lefty, which is not good. I think he would be better off just sticking as a lefty. If you're going to strike out almost 50% of the time as a righty, you're even if you're that bad as a lefty, it, just stick with the fuck stick with being a fucking lefty switch hitter. It's cool, but no. Put down some push buttons, you know, you, you use that speed. <laughs> if you can't make contact, button button it out just like in uh MLB the show. Oh, the old Juan Pierre. Uh, but uh, I think that's all I've got for you guys. One thing I want to put on record on the show, I have started my own Mariners podcast as of yesterday. Uh, kind of slow rolling it right now. I have one episode out there. It's on uh, Spotify and a couple other podcast feeds. I'm waiting to get a few more episodes up and to get the Apple podcast approval before I do like a, a full launch. But uh, it's called Mariners Addict. It's got a cool... Uh, logo. I got the city connect colors, all that. There's one episode out there. If you guys could go check that out, that would be pretty fucking cool. Um, and then also check us out on all of our socials on YouTube, fake baseball money, uh, TikTok, fake baseball money, Facebook, just baseball money is fake. You can search it and find us. Instagram, fake baseball money. We're literally everywhere. Uh, and if you guys could hit like and follow on that podcast feed. And subscribe on the YouTube. It goes a long way to be able to help us continue to grow. And we work our asses off to continue to grow this. So thank you, everybody that listens. But follow us on Twitter as well. I'm trying to remember all the places to follow us. We have so many places. Well, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, wherever well. you're at, just, just follow us. Yeah, at, at Fake Baseball on Twitter, the coolest yeah. at on Twitter. And you can follow me there. At Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at RGilbertSOP. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.